0: Welcome to Tackless Radio. Hey, welcome back. Mm-mm, mm-mm. welcome back Mm -mm. we're gonna go ahead and switch over to shit i saw so we're gonna take it over to twitter where black culture entertainment for the culture underscore underscore retweeted a video (laughs) first of all this video is absolutely hilarious because i know exactly where she's coming from but our u.s secretary of housing and urban development marcia fudge Approached the podium and said, "Good afternoon," and there was silence in the room. She looked befuddled at the fact that there was silence in the room, and she repeated herself and said, "Good afternoon," and that's when everyone jumped and said, "Oh, oh good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon," and she said, <laughs> "I thought I was in here by myself," and that at, at at that moment it told me one of two things: either Marcia has led a mean Sunday school class? Or is she a whole teacher? I'm going to say she's probably a whole teacher, but Sunday school teacher is probably the answer between the two, (laughs) in my opinion. Because I love how Black women command a room. And it does not necessarily matter your race or your age, or essentially even to a certain extent where you're from, we are able to command a room with such grace that just grabs everyone's attention that we don't really have to do a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming. My mother has actually taught me amazing tactics on how to preserve my voice box and still grab the attention of a room with hundreds of people in it marcia girl that y'all okay so i also posted it on my instagram so if you all do if you all have not seen the video and you want to see the video go to be bad (laughs) b-e-a-b-a-d on instagram i reposted the video but her face that's the part that just sells it for me her face is like uh nigga what I know damn well y'all hear me on today. I'm up here looking like boo-boo the fool at this goddamn podium to deliver some bullshit. And I say good afternoon and y'all can't speak back. Nigga, I didn't sleep with you last night. You better say good afternoon. Uh, The aunties all feel me. And it's like, she, she basically gathered all of them and was like, Clearly, none of y'all got some home. None of y'all got home training. None of y'all got no fucking home training. I'm going to teach you on today because for the last four years, y'all been ripping and running all through this goddamn house, in and out my fucking screen door, letting all my good air out. And now your mama done dropped your ass off at granny's house and shit going to change around here. Don't touch my goddamn thermostat. We are only watching mash and maury there's some oodles and noodles in there if you get hungry and you better take a nap on this goddamn couch and don't take off my plastic too because y'all have allowed your clown ass friend to run around this house for too long for too long because if your friend jump off a bridge apparently you'll do it too Because all of the House and all of the Senate went ahead and jumped off that goddamn bridge with a goddamn president. And now we are here to restore some order. I had to put holy oil on the goddamn premise around the baseboards and on the doorframe when I got here. And I'm not having it on today. I am not. Where's your devotion book? Go get it. Where is it? When was the last time you cracked open your Bible? See, see, idle hands are the devil's playground. And y'all in here running up a muck, running up a goddamn muck. Y'all gonna learn on today. All that ripping and running, smelling like outside, running up my light bill. Sit y'all asses down somewhere. It is time for y'all to sit y'all asses down somewhere. Okay, thank you, aunties of America. Thank you, the AAs, not the Alcoholic Anonymous, the aunties of America here to restore order and never getting any fucking credit for it. But one day y'all will see that if you just listen, to a black woman first in the beginning the first time it would have saved you a lot of heartache a lot of headache and a sore ass <laughs> welcome back ladies gentlemen and everyone in between to random realities with be bad so i know that this segment is called random reality but these little nibbles of Amazingness that I find are ridiculously cool, and I'm always excited to share them with you all. So, there is a beautiful 12 year old girl by the name of Alina Wicker who recently graduated high school at the age of 12, who's going to be heading to Arizona State University. First of all, to be 12 and have graduated high school. WTF girl, like you are ridiculously smart, intelligent, but it gets even better. She's actually on her way to Arizona State University, a double major in astronomical and planetary science and chemistry, because after graduation, she hopes to become an engineer for NASA. And she's had this dream of working for NASA since she was four Like, how do you say to yourself at four, yeah, mommy, I want to work for NASA. Like, that is absolutely amazing. Her mom has credited learning at a very young age that Alina was always into Legos and building and she was really good with numbers and loved math. And her mom really nurtured those gifts to the point that Alina is about to be kicking ass at Arizona State University, getting her degrees. And then hopefully by the age of 18, she will be working at NASA. Like I'm putting that out into the universe that she definitely will be working for NASA before she's 21. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we all can rally behind this beautiful black girl to make sure and support her so that she gets to NASA. I'm, I'm believing that she can do it. I know one thing, she's definitely gonna do it before I do because I suck at math. I can't do fractions, don't tell me to solve for X. I don't know even how to start any of that. I recently learned that calculus was the math of unknowns. Like calculus gives you equations to solve other unknowns that are not just X. I'm 31 and I recently learned that because my girlfriends and friends in high school would go to calc, AP calc and all that. And I'm like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Have I don't want anything to do with that. And just kind of was like, baby, I didn't want anything to do with geometry and those are shapes. So I definitely wasn't trying to get into the trigonometry, into calculus, all that extra, extra shit. Nope, wasn't me, couldn't do it. It went over my head. I was a literature girl, okay? <laughs> I could write a book report in a night. I could read the bell jar, be like Sylvia Platt was out her fucking mind and turn that shit in the next day and get an A. Amazing at public speaking. I can captivate a crowd. I can tell a really good story. I could crack a joke. But if you ask me to sit down and take a math test, baby, uh, we won't get far. At least with me, we won't get far. But with Alina here, oh, we're going to take it all the way to the moon, literally. So shout out to Alina for being So brilliant and so bright, having a goal at such a young age and saying, you know what, mommy, I want to do this. And her mom was like, "Okay, girl, let's figure out what the next steps are to get you to where you want to be. And that's what I love about parents that take something that their child is really, really interested in and really nurture that interest and kind of put them in spaces so that they can touch it and be with it and learn more about it because that's really where a lot of kids are able to find their passions at such a young age. There are so many adults that are now finding their passion, me being included, because we were told as children, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to be. These are the grades you're supposed to be getting. And that is that. I'm the parent, you do as I say. You know, We've all been there where our parents felt that they were making a decision on our behalf Because that was the best decision for us. And I completely understand that. I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to be able to tell a parent what they should and shouldn't do with their child. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that those opportunities to really foster an interest that your child has for those parents who really take it further, they typically find that that child really has a passion for it or your child is a prodigy. Like if your child is into music at two and you put them in music classes, by the time they're six, they're playing Beethoven on the piano. And that's because you were able to foster an interest of theirs. And that's really what I want a lot of us to do, whether we have children or not. But if you're around children, if you're in spaces with children with young minds, foster those interests because they can turn into some amazing things for kids as they get older. Hell, with Alina, we see already this is about to turn into a phenomenal career for her. And she's only 12. And she's about to have such a fulfilled career ahead of her. Hidden Figures 2.0, basically. Hidden Figures 2.0. As I'm reading here on Black Enterprise more about Alina's journey, her mom, Daphne McWhorter, has fully supported her dreams ever since she was super duper young. She found out that her daughter was exceptional in math at a very young age and just found ways to develop that talent. She's always had a gift for numbers. She loved Legos. So her mom really wanted to nurture that gift. And I am always going to be a supporter of girls, specifically black girls, getting into STEM. And if you don't know what STEM stands for, it's science, technology, engineering, and math. I am always, always, always support team. Us ladies getting into STEM and knocking that shit out of the park and when she gets to nasa she has dreams of building a space rover what she wants to build a space rover. she's taking us to mars ladies and gentlemen she is taking us to fucking mars once this planet crashes and fucking burns because we do not know how to take care of it we have been polluting it for generations over generations putting shit in the air putting shit in our water just making a profit on mother nature when we basically burn this rock in the sky down to the ground it is going to be alina who gets us off this tacky ass planet and takes us to another one that we can hopefully live better i i won't be a part of that i won't be a part of that I'm, I'm too old i'm hoping my grandchildren will have somewhere to go once we like basically burn this one down to the ground and i'm hoping that alina and all the amazing work she's going to do at nasa because i am speaking it into existence is able to get my grandkids and my great 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 grandkids off this raggedy ass planet to another one where hopefully They have a fighting chance at life (laughs) because we're not doing so well with the planet we got. You know, you only get one planet the way you only get one body and you're supposed to take care of it. And we've not been taking care of the one we're on. So Alina might be able to help us get to another where we then act right. So. Kudos to Alina and her beautiful, beautiful brain and her amazing mother, Daphne. I am always supportive of women and black girls getting into STEM and doing the damn thing. And that is your week's random reality. Well, 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 here we are. Welcome back, folks, to the Tackless Topic of the Week. And because this is my last episode of March... And I've been doing a woman's history ode to us being bad bitches. I think this is the perfect time to kind of break it down to you all. Women's history. I think there's a lot of people who do not understand what women did not have and how far we have come and then how far women of color have even come from that. So let's go ahead and take a trip down memory lane, starting in 1769, where when a woman got married, she lost all autonomy. That means that the moment you're like, yes, I'm in love, I'm going to be with that man, you're basically a piece of property. And I really do believe back then they weren't getting married for love any fucking way. So basically, the United States adopted a English law when they began their 13 colonies, when they came over here and obliterated native americans for their own selfish reasons basically if a woman got married she became one with her husband um and her husband was the one with the legal rights which meant that she became his property that also meant that any type of property or inheritance that she was to receive it automatically became her husband's so already not starting off so well here (laughs) I mean we're we're not going to talk about what the black women were doing during 1769 but I'm pretty sure you all could just take a guess. So let's take it over to 1777 where women who could vote no longer could vote. Since the federal government wasn't fully in charge of the United States at the time, most laws were passed by individual states, which meant that if you lived in a state that had different rights than your neighboring state, that meant that you had to abide by the state laws. To where you live. By this time, though, all the states abolished the Voting Rights Act for women. And you all are probably wondering why women not being able to vote? Why does that matter to anything? Well, the ability to vote was the direct connection to the overall rights of a group of people. So if you're not reflected in that voting population, the things that you need are not going to be addressed. That's just basically why women have fought for voting rights, why people of color have fought for voting rights, while we're fighting for felons to have the right to vote. It is very important that you show up to the poll because your demographic needs to be represented when motherfuckers start making rights and laws and talking about who gonna get federal funding for this, that, and the other. 1790, women were actually able to then hold patents. There were a lot of innovative women back in the day, but of course somebody else can you know steal their idea and keep it pushing kind of like what niggas do today but back in those times a lot of men were taking women's ideas and claiming it as their own so in 1790 women were able to start holding patents for their own ideas who would have fucking thought something i learned actually that was really really dope was mary Keiss was a black woman from connecticut And she was one of the first women to actually have a patent. And her patent was for the method of weaving straw with silk or thread to make women's hats. There you go. Then let's just push it on down to 1839. Married women can maintain ownership over their property. So imagine that all the way back in 1769, women could not own property, they were property, even if they were going to inherit property or get money or some essential um, rights from their family, it was completely wiped away the moment they they got married to a man, which is kind of like back to what I've been saying. What is the fucking point of marriage (laughs) If if it's just always a business at the end of the day where women are getting the short end of the stick? But if you're going all the way back to 1769, saying that women do not have rights for shit, then all the way to 1839, they can then again have ownership over their own fucking property. That is a very long time of women basically being cattle. (laughs) So fucking ridiculous. So it wasn't until 1839 that women could have ownership over their own shit. Crazy, crazy. And in 1862, California allows women to bank under their own names. So my breakdown to that is like if women wanted to be business owners and do a whole bunch of things, they had to ask permission from them, from their husbands or from their family or the family members who were male, because that was the only people who were able to allow shit to move. Now these women are able to save money in a bank under their own name because they'd had no type of connection to financial stability on their own without their husband or a male figure in their family. And it wasn't until 1862 and only in the state of California at that time that women were able to actually have bank accounts under their own fucking name. Then we get to 1870 where we had the first female stockbroker who opens a brokerage in New York. Victoria Woodhull actually is her name. Shout out to her. But then we get to 1873 and women are banned from practicing law. So to reiterate, in 1873, women were banned from practicing law. Bradwell versus the state of Illinois decided that the privileges or immunity clause of the 14th Amendment did not include the right to practice a profession. Myra Bradwell had applied for her admission to the Illinois bar, but was denied because she was a woman. And this Supreme Court decision allowed for other states to continue to bar women from professions such as law. Me getting all of this information from smartmoneymamas.com. By the way, I do like to cite my sources. So it goes to show you that we can try and move forward in one particular area. Like in 1870, women, we had a woman, the first woman actually open up a brokerage and became a stockbroker just for three years later for the United States to say, no, nah, fuck us. We're actually going to start banning you all from certain professions. So when men are like, well, only certain professions make certain amount of money. And if women wanted to make more money, they should go into those professions. My nigga, we've been trying to do that. We want to be stockbrokers and doctors and lawyers. There are laws that have banned women from even achieving that feat so that we can have the quote unquote equal pay for having the same job. But you motherfuckers didn't want us to have the same job because you all banned us from having those prestigious professions. That's why we're even here today saying what we saying. And niggas is like, y'all are equal, da 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 there are residual effects to all of these things that are showing up today that I don't even think you all realize the same way that we say slavery has residual effects that show up to today. The fact that women did not have rights to do the basic things like going to school and being able to become a lawyer or to have a bank account. Those type of residual effects show up to today. And that's all we're trying to say to y'all when we ask for equal rights and for you all to fucking leave us alone if we're outside at night and for you all to give us our fucking respect. We're not getting that just off rip. It's residual effects from being subservient that we're still seeing today. And that's what we're calling out. Moving right along. The Supreme Court upholds the ban on women voting. Yeah, yeah. Remember I told you all earlier about the fact that uh, voting is super duper important? Well, the Supreme Court said, fuck us double time and double down and said that, no, <laughs> you bitches still won't be able to vote. Mm, great, because if we can't vote, then we can't get our issues addressed. Moving right along to 1908, where women's work hours were reduced. So in yet another Supreme Court case, because women were found to be lesser than their male counterparts, the state of Oregon in the Mueller versus the state of Oregon case found that limiting women's work hours was actually constitutional. So for all my people who work in a service industry, because I also used to work in the service industry, you all understand how important it is to be able to work as long as you legally can for your tips, for your hourly wage, because that's what that's what you're banking on in terms of being able to budget your rent, your mortgage, your car payments, how much to spend on groceries. That's very important. And when you go to work and your manager start cutting hours, oh, you pissed. You're absolutely pissed because you thought you was going to be able to come in Work your hours with your tips. They cut your hours and now you like, bro, I'm losing all this money. What the fuck? It's a natural frustration. So imagine that being law. That you as a woman, I'ma just cut your hours whenever the fuck I want to. Because you're not as great of a man. So you don't even need to be here that long. Goodbye. The bullshit of it all. But let's go ahead and just swing it on down to 1920, where most women were granted the right to vote yay so amazing awesome women have been fighting for decades for hundreds of years actually at this point because now we're at 1920 for the right to vote and most women were granted the right to vote however black women indigenous women Mexican women weren't so you know I'm a little cynical at times, and I understand that we as women all do celebrate the International uh, Women's Day. And one of those things we like to celebrate was women's right to vote. But I always say it was always some women's right to vote because black women couldn't vote until 1965. Boo boo. So like, you know, baby steps here, baby steps. But let's go ahead and just scoot it on down to 1924, where Native Americans are granted citizenship. I want y'all to just let that one sit a little bit. The irony of that. Let's just let's just let let it sit. Just let it sit. Let it sit. How the fuck are you going to grant citizenship to some motherfuckers who was already here? If anything, they should be granting your white ass citizenship to be on they motherfucking land. But we can't. Not me, not my we, y'all came over here and pillaged and raped and killed and took over every fucking thing, and then y'all decided hundreds of years later, oh yeah, we only got like a hundred Native Americans left anyway, cause we killed them all in a full-fledged genocide. Let's just go ahead and make the few citizens. We'll- we we will look at y'all as americans. this was this land even isn't th- this land is not even the americans. the americas. this land is not the americas. it is whatever the indigenous people called it before y'all asses came over here. but y'all are going to make them citizens now. <laughs> <sighs> moving right along to 1938 where the fair standards of labor act was passed which allowed for American employers to adopt a eight hour work day and a 40 hour work week, which also set the national minimum wage for all labor, which it has not changed since 1938. If you fucking ask me because minimum wage being $15 an hour, I don't understand why is that's a problem because if it's $15 an hour, you're still kind of living below the poverty line. So um, yeah, but shout out to 1938 and the fair standards of labor act law but we're just going to go ahead and forward ourselves all the way down to you know let's just pass another 30 30 something years 30 something odd years over to the equal pay act which was passed in 1963 which amended the fair standards act back in 1938 because the goal of the equal pay act was to eliminate pay disparity based on gender because for a very long time mind you this is 1963 some of y'all listening to my podcasts were born in 1963 older than 1963 y'all parents were born in 1963 y'all know motherfuckers who were alive during 1963 so 1963 is so recent and it wasn't until then that women were basically paid peanuts because the motherfucker said you're a woman and that's what i'm gonna fucking pay you there wasn't anything to protect women getting paid the same amount as a man for the same work until 1963 so just back to the residual effect if we weren't even paid equally we are starting so far behind the starting line and in ways to even catch the fuck up Because it wasn't until 1963 that we could even just be paid some type of wage that was similar to the men who had the same profession as us. And I just want to let you all know that a lot of motherfuckers still to this day violated. So it's not even like it's implemented all the way through because we still have a pay gap and a wage gap. So 1964, the Civil Rights Act is passed, which allowed for people of any race color religion sex or national origin to not be discriminated against super big super important because it also then did not allow discrimination and unequal application within the realms of voter registration racial segregation in schools employment and public accommodations very very important because that helps everybody and then the next year in 1965, of course, we had the Voting Rights Act passed, which allowed everybody to be able to vote. Because remember, in 1920, white women could, but it wasn't until 1965 that everybody else could. So just want to make sure y'all realize the racial disparities in our history, because last month was a black history month. And a lot of those wins were so much more recent then some of the white women's wins. Just going to point that out real quick. But moving right along to 1966, where poll taxes are abolished at all levels of government, because to say, hey, you're going to vote, but you have to pay a tax, puts people of color who have not been able to have consistent pay due to employment or women who were being paid peanuts Imagine the fact that those two particular groups would not be able to pay the poll tax to vote because the moment that you pass a quote unquote law, white men figure out some fucking way to just put their fucking boot back on everybody else's neck. But in 1966, we said we were going to be done with that bullshit and everybody now can freely use their right to vote. We're just going to keep it moving down to 1972 where Title IX is passed. Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 outlaw education discrimination based on gender. This also applies to any activities or programs that receive federal financial assistance in the academic and collegiate spaces. Students are also protected against sexual harassment, sexual violence, and all kinds of gender discrimination regardless of the program or situation. Now I want to pause here to bring this back to current events. I don't know if you all saw, but the NCAA and March Madness has begun. And it seemed as if the NCAA made sure that their male athletic program got everything that those young men were going to need. Amazing catered food, a big-ass swag bag with so much soap and deodorant that we all know they're going to need after a hard game. They were able to get a fantastic workout room with weights and lifts and barbells, whatever the fuck a nigga need in his gym. They got it fully. <laughs> Given to them because they are athletes for the school. March Madness has begun. The NCAA just made sure that they got everything that they needed for this humongous conference. The women though, bro, they got like one deodorant, one soap, a pair of socks, and like a t-shirt and a pack of tissue. And they swag back. they got, like mixed vegetables and mashed potatoes that you can make in the microwave and like Salisbury steak that of course didn't look like Salisbury or steak. And their equipment facility for them to work out in only consisted of a weight rack that didn't even go up to 40 pounds. And when the women athletes started to complain. Of course, the NCAA was like, shut up, bitches. Of course, that's probably what they were saying under their breath while they were like, oh, no, no, no. That's exactly what you're supposed to get. Everything's fine. But it then became so apparent that the NCAA bowled the fuck out for the men's division and said, fuck you to the women's division. And that's not what Title IX said that the NCAA was supposed to be doing or for the athletic departments of whatever school or whoever the fuck is behind it. That's not what y'all was supposed to be doing. That's exactly why Title IX in 1972 was passed, because a lot of people were able to steal shit on women, even though they are still college athletes bringing talent to your school. Because everybody on social media, when that shit hit the fan, wanted to talk about how women... Sports does just not bring in money the way that men's sports bring in money. And even if that is true, and it probably is true, you do not get to use that as an excuse to shit on women when there is a law that states that you, college athletic department, will treat the men and women athletic departments the fucking same. And y'all are not doing that. And then y'all want to cop an attitude like, well, these bitches just asking for too much. Nobody watched their games. Maybe they pulled the titty out. People would tune in. Like, fuck y'all and fuck all of that bullshit because these women can dunk on you and your daddy. Just because they're women doesn't mean that you Fred with your fat ass that's sitting at home bitching and moaning about the, what the NCAA should not shouldn't do. for the, You can't even play basketball, my nigga. But every single man out there talking about the NCAA women's departments don't bring in no money. You couldn't do what they do. You couldn't do any of what the fuck they did. You didn't go to school. You weren't even a college athlete, your damn self at your community college that you went to. So if the women's department at UConn wants to say, this shit is not right. We don't listen to them because UConn is a fantastic school and the women's athletic department, they stay winning. So at the end of the day, them women will literally dribble. Around you with one hand tied behind their back and blindfolded while you bitches is talking about, well, they don't bring in enough money. Shut the fuck up. Because there are laws at the end of the day that say that no matter the gender, we treating everybody the fucking same. Moving right along. To Roe versus Wade in nineteen (sighs) seventy three. I just wanna say. It does not necessarily matter your political, personal, religious affiliation. What a motherfucker decides to do with their own body is their own fucking right. And the fact that even to this day, we are still trying to pass substantial abortion laws for the choice. Because a lot of motherfuckers think like, oh, you pass abortion laws, every bitch out here is not going to be protecting herself and just going to be out here having a hot girl summer, getting abortion after abortion, killing these babies. It's so interesting to me that I live in a country that says that we have the the right and we have the liberties to be happy and that we do not impose on anyone's religious freedoms, but you religious ass motherfuckers impose what we others who are not that religious do with our freedom. Have y'all thought that? Uh, if that is the weirdest thing to me. It's like you can't sit there and say, oh, because you are Christian, you can't come into this store. You can't do that. That's against the law. But what I decide to do with my body, you then want to oppose what Jesus says onto me? It don't work like that, boo. It don't work like that. The hypocrisy of a lot of religious sex in this country. Get on my fucking nerves because you all think you have some, some right, some like religious right to tell women what to do with their bodies. Because when a woman is pregnant, it does set her back physically. And then when she gives birth to that baby, even before she gives birth to that baby, that baby is also going to set her back financially. And a lot of women wanted to become lawyers, wanted to become doctors and professors and wanted to go to school. A lot of women have ambitions. I know y'all don't think that we do. We Y'all think that we just out here making babies and supposed to be supporting some raggedy ass man in a marriage. A lot of women have ambitions and goals and things that they want to take care of for themselves, things they want to achieve. And a baby really stops a lot of that from happening. Okay just to be real with y'all I know I'm not a parent a lot of women want to be mothers a lot of people have their children it's the greatest thing that has happened to them but that's not a, that's not how everybody feel that's not how everyone feels about a fetus which is a parasite until it is born and then it becomes a baby because if it was a baby and a life and a heartbeat and all of that when it was in the womb we would be putting women in jail for miscarriages And we don't, so y'all can stop with that extra bullshit. If the baby at six weeks was an actual life with a heartbeat and all that shit that you actually gave a fuck about, then child support would start at six weeks and not further down the fucking line when the child actually gets here. We would have healthcare for that child while it's in the womb, not that shit starts once it gets into the world. Like there's so many other protections we would have for a fetus but we don't have them because we do not acknowledge that fetus the same way we acknowledge other human and human rights. Considering I just, I've, I've been going through all of women's rights about when we were human, when we weren't human, when you let us have some shit, when you took it back. So clearly we have, we're, we've already been talking about the timeline of human rights and we have not ever talked about a unborn Child having any rights outside of the fact that you just want the mother to not make a decision to abort it because you're like it's a child, it's a life, it it should have a fighting chance. Whatever the fuck your religious beliefs or political beliefs and views are, you can have those, and no one is telling you to change those. But why do you get to fucking dictate what somebody else does with their body, with their religious viewpoint, with their situation? You don't, and that's why Roe versus Wade is so fucking important. Because it was a landmark decision to make sure that it protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restrictions. Why the fuck y'all are always concerned about our pussies makes I don't understand it. How we're using our pussies, what we doing with our pussies, what's inside our pussy, who inside our pussies. Y'all got a lot of business in women's business and y'all ain't got no pussies. If you don't got one, you don't get to talk on one. Because a lot of y'all ain't... even y'all a lot of y'all not even getting one a lot of y'all don't even have one you weren't born with one you don't even identify with one so you get to shut the fuck up when it comes to what women want to do with their own wombs and that also means that other women don't get to tell what tell other women what to do with their wombs because fuck you go to bed in your room i'ma go to bed In my room, and last time I checked, I'll pay your rent, you don't pay mine. Moving the fuck along. The Equal Credit Opportunity Act is passed in 1974, which allowed women, despite their sex or marital status, also color, national origin, or religion, it allowed women to have credit cards and to establish credit. And that they were not to be discriminated against banks or retailers or bank card companies or finance companies or even credit unions. And women were actually at this point able to start building some type of financial support for themselves. Mind you, this was in 1974. That women were able to basically start building credit and having credit cards. And we're no longer going to be denied by banks or retailers or card companies for the fact that they were women. That is fucking crazy to me. Because credit is king in many parts of our country. And women weren't even able to establish it until 1974. But then again, I also understand that credit itself wasn't established until like 1989. So, or at least the credit score was not established until 1989. But to have credit and to build credit, women weren't able to do until 1974. It's really fucking interesting that everybody wants to yell about women having rights and why can't you pay for dinner and why can't you pay for your own bills and da da da. I can, but baby, I am so far behind the starting line that it's very difficult for me to do it in the same way you, as a man with a dick, are able to do. It's like, baby, unless you are really out here fighting for me to have equal rights all the way through, you are paying for dinner, my nigga. If you're not one of those men that are out there fighting for the wage gap to be closed, for women to be paid equally for the same profession, I will never pay for fucking dinner when we go out on a date. You can kiss my ass on it too. And that's how, and that's how strongly I feel about it. And then let's go to 1978. Because now it becomes illegal to discriminate a woman based on pregnancy. Because, like I said, literally a couple minutes ago, children are expensive. And women immediately get into a financial hole the moment they become pregnant. So here I am working a job, trying to take care of my child by working said job. And now my employer can fire me off the simple basis that I am pregnant. What is a woman supposed to do at that at that point? Like, how do you all think we're supposed to be able to bounce back from some bullshit like that? That I want to take care of my child or my family, but I'm pregnant and now I am let go. So I now I have no money. I have no health care to digress very quickly. Look this up. I won't go into detail. But racism, ladies and gentlemen, is why your health care is connected to your employment, <laughs> because this lovely country that we live in thought it would be super awesome to deny uh, people of color health care. And also because they were denying them employment opportunities and a lot of white people had employment opportunities and they were only keeping those employment opportunities to whites. So therefore, white people were able to get access to health care very easily because they also were the ones that were most employed. Yeah, now that's why fucking hundreds of years later it's stupid, but you know, hindsight is 2020. But imagine going back to 1978, and now it's becoming illegal to discriminate women who are pregnant. Imagine trying to make ends meet. So imagine trying to provide for your child the best way that you know how. And that means that you get laid off from work for the simple fact that you got a baby bump. Fucking insane. Because employers feel like, oh, the moment you drop the baby, you're going to be gone for at least six weeks and who's going to do your job. I might as well just fire you, bring a man in who's not going to be pregnant, who's not going to have to use maternity leave, who won't be gone for six weeks. And I could just keep that nigga here and he can keep pushing out these fucking metrics and doing the work that I need him to do because employers have said many a time, fuck women. Did you all know that as of recent, some employers do not have to put birth control as, some, as medicine covered and their insurance plans for women? Because a lot of men are just like so clueless to the things that women have to go through that I have to now pay out of pocket for birth control just so that I don't have an accidental pregnancy that can then turn around and have me lose my job. Do you see how stupid all this shit is? Do you see the wheel that women have to be in, the fucking hamster wheel that we consistently run in in this stupid ass country that's only here for the betterment of white men. At the end of the day, it is so fucking stupid. But if I am to fast forward to 2010, statistically, women make up 60% of the American workforce. We make up more than half of the workforce. All the laws that you all have put in place to keep us down all the bullshit that you have made us go through all the things that you all have taken away from us. And we still persevere through all of that. Imagine if we did not have the chains, how far women would be ahead of men. Because like I said, on my other podcast episodes, men understand that we're superior. That's why they fucking keeping us down at every single opportunity. Because we Have been given scraps historically, and we still did the damn thing. They can't believe it. They can't believe it. Same thing with black people. They have oppressed us over and over and over, and we still got to the top of that fucking mountain. So kudos to women. Kudos to my sisters. Kudos to the aunties. Kudos to the bad bitches, because we are doing the damn thing despite the historic. Hamster wheel that we have had to run just to see any progress. And I want to challenge every woman and man listening to this to do something in the month of April that is going to help another woman or essentially help most women in your companies, at work, at your goddamn office, at home. Actually, y'all got to start at home because a lot of men who are out there saying that they want to be allies for women, but you come home and drop your bag at the door, put your feet up while your wife is cooking dinner and running around with the kids and haven't had a break yet. You're not a real ally for women because that shit starts at home. You can't go to work talking about, yeah, I'm going to be on the boards to support women and I'm going to push to make sure that we hire more women and I'm going to make sure that women get a voice at work. But your wife is a fucking slave and a servant. It starts at home. Do that. Sit down with your partner and ask, Baby, what am I doing that I could be doing more of? Where am I lacking? Where do you need help? How can I be better? Start at home before you all try and go out and tell the world how they should and shouldn't be treating women. It starts at home. So, happy. Women's History Month to my amazing, badass women who show up and show out every fucking time, every fucking day doing the goddamn thing. You all are women of my own heart. I truly am inspired by so many amazing women around me. I actually just graduated one of the cohorts at my job which consisted of 73 badass women from a six month cohort experience. It has been phenomenal to get to know these women. I am always inspired when I'm around other women. I'm always inspired when I hear other stories because we are the future. (laughs) And the only reason men are upset is because they not pulling a dicks up to meet us halfway. Y'all oppressed us and we surpassed you. So guess what? Mediocrity isn't gonna cut it anymore brad your half-assness is not gonna cut it anymore chad you motherfuckers are gonna have to actually do some work because women are running circles around y'all so do not be mad at the player be mad at the game you motherfucking losing now that we've gotten that out of the way what you want to eat